Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. A long time ago. Whitley, Don't Close Your Eyes is just a terrific song. Man, if you could sing like that. Uh, again, special thanks to uh, Gord Bamford, the drive-in for mental health with Gord Bamford tonight, or check that tomorrow, up in Slave Lake at Sunset Place, a week uh, from Saturday uh, down at the Edmonton Expo Center. Uh, we received uh, several texts from people uh, appreciating that we... Uh, I took the time to talk to Gord a bit about mental health as well. It was terrific. Um, so special thanks to all those people that sent in texts. My man Mooner uh, sent texts in driving up to Calgary, drive or up from Red Deer, Cam drive safely. And uh, he, of course, is the play-by-play voice of the Red Deer Rebels. We are pleased to be joined by the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers, Jack Michaels. And, Jack, I know that uh, Cam Moon is one of our favorites. That we uh, in our in our tours and we bump into different broadcasters. We've been in Red Deer the last couple of years uh, for uh, preseason, pre-tournament games or rookie games, and it was always great to see Cam there. Uh, but uh, how you doing, Jack? What's going on? What's shaking? I'm good. I, you know, have you told your listening audience that only one of us in this conversation right now thinks he has a fabulous singing voice, and it's not me. Well, I did win, and George LaRocque will verify this. I, George, <laughs> now it, it it may have been a particularly horrendous group of singers. Uh, when George used to work out at Body by Bennett, he'd have about three times during the summer he would have uh, karaoke contests at his house, 
and yours truly pulled off the upset special uh, singing the uh, Lady Diana version of, uh, what was that Candle song? Candle in the Wind? Candle in the Wind, yes. So, uh, and it was funny, Jack, because, you know, when you're a broadcaster and you're around a mic and stuff, people want to kind of tell, oh, yeah, sure, you think you can sing. And for whatever reason, the stars were aligned that night for me. And I, I must have just nailed the opening, you know, two or three verses, and everybody just stopped and sort of stared in amazement. I, I, I felt like uh, Paul. Well, people were like, they just stopped. They're like, oh, this guy could actually sing. Because there were some bad voices. Like, uh, you know, George, as an example, likes to likes to do rap, and it's it's not pretty. Uh, but, Where did uh, you get your singing talents from? Is that your mom, dad? Like, who well, taught you to sing? Well, you know, uh, little known fact, uh, I was raised in a Mormon family. Uh, and uh, no truth to the rumor that I turned down a scholarship to Brigham Young to sing. That is not true. Uh, hey, there's lots of people that have hidden talents, you know, that maybe people don't know about. On a good day, I might be able to pull a little off, a little, but not a lot. But that song uh, by Keith Whitley, that's a, that's a song in those talent competitions that you see guys trying to do. That's a hard song to sing because you got to have a lot of horsepower in your voice. And I, I love horse. That's, it's like broadcasters, Jack. I like guys with big, powerful voices. That's just my preference. That's what I like to, you know, you've got, you've got a, a, a big horsepower when you call a game. You can get to another level. Uh, and I know our fans love that as well. Now, we're, we got lots of things to get to that has nothing to do with singing. Uh, the fans in Calgary may be singing the blues after that 3-0 start in last night's game. I got to ask you, 3-3 game, Cam Talbot has a 934 save percentage in the series. Would you, if you were coaching the Calgary Flames, would you have pulled Cam Talbot at 3-3 and put in David Riddick, who hadn't seen any real action in a game that meant anything since March? Well, that's the issue, is I would have found a way to get Riddick uh, some time prior to this. But the, if you're asking me, did I think that pulling him was the right move at the time, I, I would have said yes. I mean, I, I I didn't think Cam had it last night. I really didn't. And as it turned out, uh, certainly David Riddick didn't have it. Uh, but I, I didn't think Cam had it. I, I thought pucks are getting through him. I know the, the third goal that got him chased was a double deflection, but it was a double deflection at a pretty ponderous speed. It didn't yeah. exactly pinball its way into the net. It, it kind of eased into the net as if uh, you and I were, were taking a hot bath after a five-overtime game. I mean, it so, uh, to be honest with you, you and I slightly disagree on this. I, I think it was the right move. It did not work out. I think Cam had a very good playoffs. I certainly see your point in terms of how well he had played up until that point. But I don't think he was playing well last night. Yeah, and he said that he covered for the coach, and the coach covered for him. And you know what? He's an unrestricted free agent. And frankly, I think if he doesn't sign in Calgary, he might actually end up signing in Dallas to uh, back up Ben Bishop. That's the irony of the situation involving Cam Talbot. Jack, we've had a lot of discussions about Matthew Kachuk. Now, everybody believed, yes, Sapoli was a top three talent, maybe even a top two talent after he was the MVP of the World Juniors in the 2016 draft. You and me had a lot of conversations privately after the Erie London series and then again after the Memorial Cup on Matthew Kachuk. He is a player that the Oilers fans, right right now, if you ask the Oilers fans, if we said, all right, 
text in, which player do you hate the most in the league? They would say Matthew Kachuk. But I got news for you. 98% of the fans in Edmonton would love to have Matthew Kachuk on the team. And right now in Calgary, I think it's fair to say we know who the driver of that team is up front. They missed that guy immensely, didn't they? Well, the other thing, Bob, is what what hasn't really been outright stated, uh, although you've pointed it out, and I would certainly agree, it's got to be talked about if you're if you're in the Calgary front office right now, is Matthew Kachuk comes to play. And both in the head-to-head games against Edmonton and in the last two playoffs, Sean Monaghan and Johnny Gaudreau have, in my opinion, been as close to no-shows as you could possibly get. I mean, I don't think they've, for instance, I don't think they've been any more effective than Jordan Eberle was in the 2017 playoffs for Edmonton. They haven't done it. And they haven't done it two years in a row. Matthew Kachuk, then my point is, Matthew Kachuk is not only the most indispensable guy on the team, but he's the best player on the team. He may not have as many statistics as some of the other guys, although I do think he led the team in scoring. He did. He did. He's the best player on that team. He's not just the most valuable player on the team. He's the best player on the team. And if you're Calgary, you've got to start wondering, you know, are Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan guys we can go on a deep run with? Because when we've needed them in the last two postseasons, they haven't been there for us. And you You can make a real argument that in the last two postseasons, as good as Calgary has been with all those other players in the regular season and heading into the postseason, you can make an argument their best player in the playoffs last year was Mike Smith, and their best player in the playoffs this year was Dylan Dubé or Milan Lucic. I mean, that's not good enough if you're Calgary with those high-end players. Yeah, Bennett, Bennett's been an impactful Sam player. Bennett, so, sorry, Sam Bennett was the best player this year. You're right. That's an yeah. excellent point by you. Yeah, I just, it's interesting. You met, you brought up Everly, and, you know, he, he obviously was much better in his second playoff with the New York Islanders. And the point you're making, this has been two years in a row now for both Monaghan and Goodrow. So something. Well, they haven't done a thing. They didn't do a thing five on five this year, and they didn't do anything last year in all situations. Right. And you're right. Sam Bennett has now been Calgary's best forward in the playoffs two years in a row. Yeah, That's he's brought. Two years in a row, and in the regular season, Bob, he hasn't been a top five forward in the last yeah. two seasons. And the funny thing is, we both like Dubé, dating back two years ago to the rookie game. Dubé and Majipani. Head-to-head against Edmonton. Sam Bennett, I love him against the Oilers. Yeah, he's been uh, an, an interesting guy to watch. All right, Jack, I'm going to get you to put on your league uh, uh, supplementary discipline hat right now. How does Matt Niskanen only get a one-game suspension for breaking Brendan Gallagher's jaw? Well, I, I think the I think the honest answer is, is part of what went into that decision is is tied to AV's argument, which I I think is a flimsy one. Is is it's the age old theory? Well, he's a player; it's not that big, and Matt Niskan and Stick would have been in a different position had Brendan Gallagher been a bigger player. I mean, it was kind of an old school explanation. Uh, they get the one game, uh, you know. I, I, I look. 
part of it I know is tied to your, you know, loyalty to the kind of player Brandon Gallagher is. But I, I do think you've got a point. I I could have seen a, a, a greater suspension there. And, again, it's always murky when it comes to supplemental discipline how much the net result of the injury is tied to the suspension. In this case, it's a pretty severe injury, and one would have thought if there is any correlation that the suspension would have been a shade longer. Well, he cross-checked Crosby right in the face back in 2017. He seems to get a stick up on guys, and part of the reason why he's able to do it is because how the game's managed today. Because if you did that 25 years ago to Pittsburgh's best player or Montreal's best forward or most impactful forward 25 years ago, somebody was separating you from the herd and beating the snot out of you. And that's not the way the game's played. And the league has to change its stance on stick infractions. They've got to increase the suspensions on them. It's that simple. You can't let guys stick other guys in the face, cross-check guys in the face. And there's guys that are sneaky dirty, and I'm starting to wonder if Matt Niskanen is sneaky dirty with the stick. Oh, I'm not I'm not starting to wonder. He absolutely is. But, it, you know, again, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that, quite frankly, has taken the Flyers to another level. Oh yeah, well no, they upgraded their defense. He's a good, he's a good player. They, yeah, and, you know, and, they added a couple and, of veteran guys to help out those kids that they had that were all, you know, guys like Myers and obviously Provorov and Sanheim. All those guys they drafted and the Myers, the Myers kid they signed as a free agent, but it's uh, he's he's helped them. Does Montreal have any chance to win the series, Jack, against Philly? I don't think so, but you know, especially without Gallagher. But I'm then again I'm a little surprised they're in Game Six. Uh, so uh, you know whenever you're, you only need two wins, you, you've always got the slimmest of chances. I I've been amazed by the Flyers' resurrection. I think Elaine Vigneault is the coach of the year. Uh, I think it's you know phenomenal what they've been able to accomplish. But they 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 sure better find a way to beat Carey Price. I I think the reason they get past Montreal is that they've got a goaltender who I don't necessarily think will be outplayed two games in a row. Yeah, it's a fair assessment. Uh, can St. Louis come back in Vancouver? I think St. Louis absolutely can come back and beat Vancouver, but I've been impressed by the Canucks' resilience in this series already. You know, they were seconds away from a two-games-to-none lead. All of a sudden, they have a deflection. They're going into overtime. We know St. Louis is the champions, and they found a way to win game two in overtime. Then St. Louis wins the next two games. They've gotten up off the deck. They've got Jake Allen playing well. And sure enough, they're down two in game five. You're thinking Canucks are done. This is it. This series is going to go much the way Calgary-Dallas did. But once again, the Canucks got up off the deck, and a guy I've been very critical of, a guy I, I haven't necessarily thought as a as a playoff goalie, Jacob Markstrom, made some huge saves to keep that score at 3-1, Bob. So at this point, Canucks up three games to two. They've already impressed me a great deal. And some of the things we saw with Travis Green operating basically an American Hockey League lineup late in each of the last two regular seasons and yet still getting them to play very hard, 
that kind of coaching, that kind of resiliency is on full display. And I think Bo Horvath's reputation as a leader and a captain has taken a giant step forward this season. Final question for you, Jack. There's been some commentary made over the course of the last week that Nathan McKinnon is a better player than Connor McDavid. Uh, the Oilers have dominated the head-to-head. The two players have played 11 times against each other. Edmonton's 7-3-1. and McDavid's got nine goals and 20 points. McKinnon's got three goals and 11 points. I think we'd both concede Colorado's a much deeper team than Edmonton. What's your take? Well, here's my take. I don't think you can read into the McKinnon, uh, you know, the McKinnon-McDavid head-to-head any more than we could have you know, read into the Crosby-McDavid head-to-head, you know, in terms right. of the wins and losses yep. and points. So I'm going to take that out of the equation. But I'm also going to say that, you know, Connor McDavid has been more consistently brilliant than Nathan McKinnon has. I, you know, in other words, Connor McDavid hasn't had the kind of year that Nathan McKinnon did in, what was it, 14-15, where he looked... Like an ordinary player. Connor McDavid has never looked ordinary. Now, is Nathan McKinnon one of the three best players in the league right now? I would say he is, Bob. I, yep. I am willing no to question. put him in the top three. No question. Like, I, I honestly do. But there's got to be three or four more years where McKinnon starts, you know, bringing home some trophies, quite frankly. And, and you know, and obviously it'll be. It'll be tied to Colorado's success as well before I put McKinnon on the same line as Connor McDavid. Granted, we don't get to see McKinnon 82 games any more than Colorado gets to see Connor McDavid 82 games. But when you take a look at a five-year body of work, I don't think there's any question that Connor McDavid's body of work at this point is greater than Nathan McKinnon's by a significant margin. Jack, great stuff. Have a terrific weekend, okay? You do the same, Bob. Thanks a lot. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Boys! (laughs) Thanks a lot, Jack. It's 151 in Edmonton. We'll wrap up Oilers now after this. Hi, I'm James Neal from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. James Neal spends a lot of time in Nashville. Keith Whitley, by the way, was married to uh, Lori Morgan uh, when he passed away. Lots of texts coming in. The Haas says Keith Whitley was brilliant. Just saying, Coach Al says, loves some country music. Keith Whitley was one of the best. 
and Fear of the Fin says, Bob, I know you're not a fan of golf, but Wayne Gretzky's son-in-law, Dustin Johnson, minus 11 through 11 holes this afternoon. Well, there you go. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza, offering curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu in a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store to this day in Oilers history. Back at the 630 Chad Studios, Brendan Escott. Back in 1981, the Oilers trade the rights to Don Murdoch to the Minnesota North Stars for Don Jackson and a 1982 third rounder turned into Wally Chapman. Donnie Jackson won a couple Stanley Cups with the Oilers in 1984 and 85. Very good support player. Uh, what do we got coming on tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, Brendan? You know what? It looks like a fluid show. Okay. It, it is a fluid show. All right. Well, you can uh, fire up that music if you can, Brendan. Let it rip. We will have a global news weather traffic update with uh, Carrie McCarthy, followed by a simulcast of CHQR 770 with Angela Coquat. It has been 52 straight weeks for yours truly. We came back on on uh, about August the 20th last year. And uh, I'm going to take some time away. Brendan S. Scott's going to be hosting the show here. I will be, uh, well, probably joining you sometime in September. Uh, again, uh, Brendan, by the way, will have John Shannon and Gene Principe as guests uh, to open up on Monday's show. Have a terrific weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you in September. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.